yeah, this other element of flow that we have power to influence um, our situation over is this challenge and skill balance, right? So if you're if you're finding yourself like feeling relaxed or totally in control or totally confident or even bored with what you're doing, you're not going to get into flow, right? And your your attention wants something more exciting, more engaging. So one of the best things you can do is find a way to dial up that challenge level of what you're doing. Welcome to the Creative Tax Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at MikeBone, or on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. Hey, I'd love for you to stop by DailyCreativeHabit.com. I've created several resources with you in mind as a creative person. First, there's a link to our free private Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. It is filled with creatives of all types who have raised their hands to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. And so if that's you, we would love to see you as part of this group. There's also a link to receive our free Daily Creative Habit email newsletter. This goes out twice a week and is filled with resources and inspiration and daily prompts for you as a creative person to make sure that you keep showing up every single day for your creativity. And lastly, there's a link out to the new Daily Creative Habit Guided Creativity Journal. And this is something that I'm really excited about because it's a 90-day journey that you can go on that guides you to plan and show up for your creativity and help you track and help you measure and figure out exactly what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. This is available right now through Amazon.com. I got to sit down with Jeff Fiennes and we had a great conversation all about creativity. We explored his background, which started with music and talked about how that kind of twisted and turned into where he is now. Um, you know, that happens with many of us, right? We we're at a certain point on our journey and we just keep taking right next steps and we see what unfolds and we see how that becomes something new and different and the next iteration of what we do uh, creatively. And so this was a great conversation just to talk about Jeff and his role as a creative performance and leadership coach and again, his background in music and also just we talk about what it means to be in a flow state when it comes to creativity. And, you know, this was a, a great conversation just talking about like what is flow because odds are you've heard of that. Um, and how can we actually harness that on purpose and not just feel like we accidentally fall into flow every so often. So without further ado, I'm going to get out of the way. And here is my conversation, my creative chat with Jeff Fiennes. Well, Jeff, welcome to the Creative Chats podcast. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah. So I love that we're going to get to talk about creativity today and uh, the things that you specialize in and the um, you know, your experiences, your journey, get to know you a little bit better. And um, 
as you, you know, are out there in the world and you're bumping into people and you're at the party or wherever, right? And people say, hey, Jeff, you know, great to meet you. Who are you? What do you do? Like, what's your, <laughs> what's your line? What's your go-to line there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, us creative people with a lot of things going on, we love that exactly. question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I tell people, hey, I, uh, I'm a coach. I work with creative people, creators, entrepreneurs, creative leaders. I help them bring their biggest ideas to life. So back in the day, you know, I was struggling with overwhelm and, and consistency and, and bad habits and scatterbrain. Just, I, I noticed I felt like I was really creative and having a lot of awesome ideas, but I wasn't following through. I wasn't actually making them happen <laughs> or bringing mm, yeah. them to life. There was, and so I tried to become the coach I needed for myself. Uh, and, and that's what I focus on. You, you're the creative person. You have all the ideas, you know what you want, you know, what's motivating to you. I help you refine that, clarify that. And then, actually make it happen so it's not just a concept in your head so it's actually completed and out in the world you're feeling great you're feeling confident you're feeling energized so that's that's what i do as a coach um it's my specialty just i love working with all types of creators across any domain it's it's, it's awesome it's fascinating it sparks my curiosity and i also create some wild and crazy kids music under the artist name mr boo daddy <laughs> this music's all inspired by my almost four-year-old son hendrix and i when he was born it really re-sparked something in me where hey i gotta do more music i gotta reconnect to my own primary creative pursuit that i started back when i was 11 and bring it back yeah. even stronger than before and so dedicated to creating at least one album every year of his life kind of trying to drop in his perspective like what, how does he see the world? How does he see these experiences? And then I write music with that frame in mind. And it's been a lot of fun. I have a few different albums out and more on the way. And so, yeah, basically I coach creatives and I try to be as creative as I can myself, primarily in music and building out uh, coaching assets that will help creative people. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I love that you said, you know, getting back to your primary creative outlet, um, because I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head where you said, you know, most of the time us creative people where we have multiple interests, multiple pursuits, and yeah. there are things that, you know, there's an origin. And then there's the things that come the iterations after that. And many times mm. we can get lost in the shuffle of changing the channel constantly on our creativity and the multiple pursuits and the, uh, as you said, the projects that never end up seeing the light of day because they're great ideas and there's so many shiny objects and oh, you know, that whole world, yeah. right? Um, but knowing, you know, yeah, there was a place where all this started. Um, and so, you know, I, I tend to ask guests that too, like think back to childhood and like, what was the, the moment that you knew you were a creative person? Uh, for you, it sounds like it was music, correct? Yeah, it was music. And I think I always... Even before music, I always ha had a good imagination. I was making up different worlds and scenarios with my G.I. Joes or Ninja Turtles or Legos and just these elaborate stories and adventures and journeys. And so, I mean, I guess, you know, as a little kid, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm creative. I was just having fun. I was just being right. curious, doing what I wanted to do and liked to do and and hopefully wasn't causing too much mischief but yeah when i started playing guitar 
around 11, that's what really kind of woke me up and ignited my passion for creativity, right? At the time, I was just trying to learn Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana, (laughs) you know? Just songs like that that I like was listening to and or that my dad and mom were listening to and just... And I really love the instrument. It just uh, symbolizes to me just a lot of possibilities, a form of expression. There's something about it that was, uh, you know, a bit mysterious and intriguing to me. It just captivated my attention. I just wanted to go deeper and do more and more and more and just keep learning. Like, how do I create this? Or how do I play this Jimi Hendrix solo? Or how do I write my own song? And, And the better I got, the more I started to think about, okay, like, how do I, what do I want to do? What's my style? What's my voice? Mm-hmm. You know, like, how do I want to show up as a guitar player? And it really, it was really important to me to differentiate myself as an artist or a guitar player, music creator in the bands I was playing or just stuff I was doing by myself. And yeah, it's just, it's, I still use music and guitar as a metaphor in a lot of, coaching and things I do and the way I think about creativity, there's just so many analogies and metaphors there. And it's just, that was the springboard for everything I did, really just music playing in bands and the learnings there and and the experiences that uh, they transition into the corporate space and into the coaching stuff that I do now. And it's, uh, that's it. The music, yeah. The music part was really that uh focusing element that just boom like that's it like you have to you have to be creative you have to do creative stuff and there's no turning back (laughs) yeah yeah that's also probably your your testing ground right because you obviously can't talk about and i know this too from my own journey of like we can't talk about creativity and especially when we're trying to help other people if we haven't been through the the stuff ourselves if we right. haven't figured out and been curious on our own journeys and and broken a few things and <laughs> going like, yeah. okay, I need to process through what this looks like for me. And then also, what does this look like if I'm talking about it to somebody else so they understand and, and hopefully can apply it to their own context? Um, and so having proven that, okay, yeah, I'm not talking about something that's theoretical. I'm not talking about something mm-hmm. I read in a book, but I'm talking about something I actually have lived and continue to live, right? I think that's an yeah. important element, uh, especially when you're in the coaching space and speaking space and, and you know, more out in front of people trying to help them, um, you know. I'm curious, mm-hmm. did, did the guitar playing, like, did that lead you to the track of thinking, okay, now career-wise, right, schooling-wise, mm-hmm. um, was that the main focus of you going, I want to gravitate more towards this and see where this leads me. Or were there other things that were prying at you and voices saying, well, you have to do the practical thing you have to do, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of both. So the coaching, I think my first taste of coaching coaching was when I started giving guitar lessons and I didn't really know it at the time, but it was a fun way to make money. And I actually enjoyed it. I actually found it really rewarding to teach people how to play their favorite songs or write songs or grow their skills and just watching them learn and create. Like it was really fun. It was really rewarding. I loved it. And so that was, that was, that was almost my first taste of coaching, but I wasn't thinking of it as coaching at the time. When I was in a band in undergrad, 
And I also got into a coaching parallel thing. I read Tim Ferriss's The Four Hour Work Week. <laughs> and I was yep. like, oh, okay, cool. I can I have things to say about guitar and music. Let me start this website and community and I'll write a blog about tips around like how to be creative on guitar and the psychological aspect and the mindset. And there's elements of like Zen and meditation and spirituality. It was called Guitar Players Zen. I had this community guitar site that I really loved doing. And that was that was also a form of coaching in a way, just helping people tap into their own voice and develop their own style on the instrument and think about it completely differently than just learning tabs and learning sure. how to play songs. So I wasn't thinking about that as coaching at the time either. Then, you know, like uh, some negative triggers happened around after that a little bit where the bands I was in, they weren't working out. Um, I, uh, someone hacked my website <laughs> and completely was down. And then, and then, yeah, then I was getting a little bit older too. I was thinking about how to make money. I think at the time a girlfriend broke up with me because I was doing music and entrepreneurial stuff and she didn't understand it. <laughs> and so yeah. it was a weird time. And then I was like, okay, I guess I'll get a job. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. so I got this job and it turned out to be one of the most toxic and stressful situations in my life. I had a boss that was a bully. Environment was kind of this fear-based environment. I couldn't be creative. I couldn't speak up. I couldn't do things differently. It was his way or the highway. People were getting sick because they're burnt out and stressed out. And and I was just like at the lowest part of my life at this point. And I actually and I think we're going to talk more about this today. I had my favorite book at the time, Flow, in this coffee shop in Dallas, Texas. And I was just hoping for answers, some kind of sign from the universe, trying to figure out my life. And I turned to the back page of the book and saw that the author, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, had this positive psychology program out in Los Angeles. And I just, you know, he was my favorite author at the time. And Flow was almost like my Bible it resonated with me from a musical standpoint and from just what I wanted to do and how I wanted to live my life. So I just knew I had to get out there to study under him. And then through that program, there was an organizational kind of a business angle to it as well. Like, how do you bring these principles to the workplace? And because of my toxic experience in the workplace, it almost kind of integrated with me like, well, work so important. I want to prevent this anyone I can. I want to help make sure people can get into flow, can be creative, can be their authentic selves, can find work that's meaningful. And through the program and the experiences and projects and connections and relationships built through that program, that put me in this trajectory of coaching and consulting and building programs for leaders in the workplace at like creative marketing agencies. I used to have an internal role where I'd build leader development programs for these creative people and leaders. And um, yeah, so like the universe is funny in that way where, you know, I picked up flow when I was trying to be the best guitar player I could and try to unlock secrets to better guitar playing and better jamming and collaboration and songwriting. And that book got me into the path I'm on now and um yeah it's just an it's an interesting thread but the threads for my life are really like 
yeah, creativity and, and helping other people be creative in some way, kind of yeah. helping them express themselves and jam and collaborate and have rich creative experiences. And, and, I, and I want to do the same as well. And so that's kind of how I got into the coaching realm, just more directly and explicitly. And then with my son being born, it triggered like a deep reflection of like, hey, am I living the values I want to role model for my son? I wasn't doing as much music as I wanted to. It was kind of a back burner thing. But then I was like, hey, you know what? I got to double down on my music and my coaching. Here's what it's going to look like. This is fun. This is exciting. This is a creative niche. And uh, that's that's what I'm doing today. That's mm. what I'm doing yeah. now. Yeah. I love that, you know, there are certain points in your journey where you could look at and go, at the time, you go through these situations and you're like, I don't really get how this fits into the overarching story here. And it seems like there's sideways energy and it's just sideways storylines yeah. going on. And then there comes a point where you go, oh, now it makes sense mm. because those moments find some redemption and you get some clarity going, okay, like even for you being in that toxic corporate environment, going like, okay, I know what this should not look like because I've lived mm -hmm. it and I know what the the pain points are because I was experiencing them firsthand and being yep. able to address those things and speak into them now from the other side and being an advocate for creativity. Um, that's huge. Right. Yeah. And, and again, mm -hmm. kind of like I was saying before, you know, it's, it's a different story when somebody's trying to come at it from purely an academic level and saying, well, you know, here's the things you should do, or here's some formulas or here's some whatever. But then when you, when you have that, as you do from your, your program, but then also have the life experience. I think it adds a layer of um, yeah. just credibility, right? Definitely, definitely. So, like when you're when you're in the in these environments, right? And you're talking to either it's teams or, or you know in the corporate space specifically. Even um, do you find that there's a lot of um, just hindrances to breaking down some of the barriers for people to accept what this looks like in the, in the corporate environment, as far as being really creative and, and free. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of progress made in this space the last five years, especially in the last two years, just around inclusiveness and creating environments where diversity is appreciated and inclusion is a key business driver so they the progressive workplaces they are looking at things like do people feel they have a voice can they be their authentic selves do they share their ideas and then just because the world is getting crazier and crazier best companies they know they need their employees to be creative they need to do things mm -hmm. differently where rather than a top-down do this do that mode of command and control style of leadership leaders really need to learn how to coach their people and activate their curiosity and creativity and get them to speak up and create work environments that are positive and where collaboration is appreciated and and needed and where yeah people need to share new ideas if the business is gonna survive and thrive so there's a lot of progress lately but still like a lot of it comes down to this blocking creativity is poor leadership. Like leaders are, and it's not their fault necessarily. They just may not have the right 
framework in mind of what what it means to be a leader. Like there's still maybe in their image, in their mind, hey, I need to have all the answers. I need to tell people what to do. I need to create more structures and discipline people and manage from, you know, this mode versus, you know, what they really need to be doing is a whole different style of leadership, just more openness, more collaboration, more drawing ideas out, more autonomy given to people, more recognition, more feedback, more coaching, more real conversations. So a lot of times leaders just, they just, they're not equipped for it. Or in some cases, they they have good intentions. They want to be a good leader, but they're struggling making the transition from like a high performing creator or doer themselves mm-hmm. to right. a manager, people, leader, and they just don't have those skills yet. And, and so they feel kind of lost and they gravitate towards doing things and getting into all the projects versus leading and setting the vision. So there's, I would say that's the biggest bottleneck in in, in um, the workplace is, is just kind of the leadership, people management uh, framework and mindset and, and behaviors that these leaders are doing. Because I mean, you, you can ask any company or CEO, is creativity and innovation important? And they would all a thousand percent agree. Right. It's just how it gets, you know, how it gets translated through the levels of the organization via leaders uh, and and how they're showing up and acting. That's usually the biggest bottleneck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm curious, is it a mix of people that you're speaking to? Like, is it just the creative teams and the people who are identified as creative usually? Or is there more of an approach of like, well, we're all creative. It's just a matter of how we're applying that. And so to contextualize that, if you are, you know, more in a administrative role, you still need to be part of this conversation, but it's just going to look different. Yeah. It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. Um, Funny enough, like the teams that are like quote unquote, the creative teams, Mm -hmm. they may be less likely to work with someone like me because we're like, Hey, we're already creative. Right. You know, this guy's not even a designer or creative director. What's he going to do? You know, like maybe they would work with a coach that has that specific background, but uh, you know, I'm not an artist. I'm not an illustrator. Work with people like that and help them. But, um, but yeah, I mean, generally it's, um, just regular teams or just teams of different sorts that are wanting to be more creative or wanting to get different results from their team and in their departments and people. But um, it could be both. It applies the same for, you know, whether you're a creative team or regular team trying to be (laughs) more creative is same kind of principles, same framework, same practices that a leader can do to help and you know funny enough like i used to work in a creative marketing agency like just because they were quote unquote creative there was a lot of things being done that actually stifled creativity (laughs) Mm, yeah and and uh it caused a lot of problems and a lot of stress and a lot of lack of results so yeah i mean even if you're a creative team you, if you're a leader on a team, like you may be doing things that are stifling your people's creativity, like Mm -hmm. pure creativity, like not just their like design output or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. (laughs) I'm curious now to like you, you referenced this book flow and then that being the, 
you know, um, catalyst for you to then become part of this program and then mm -hmm. really took you in a, in a different path uh, for your own journey. Um, how how do you define flow and just talking? I mean, you know, maybe some of the listeners have heard that before of like, yeah, being in this flow state and just kind of doing things and losing time yeah. or whatever. But like, can you give a little more context as far as what does that look like and how can you actually enter that on purpose and not just have it be like, well, it was accidental. I don't know how to repeat this um, yeah. <laughs> or how to leverage this for my, you know, <laughs> advantage. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast, you've definitely been in flow before. If you're a creator, if you're creating things, you're getting into flow, right? But like you mentioned, well, I'll step back. Like flow, like it's that state of optimal experience. It's when you feel like you're on fire. It's where you feel like you're in the zone. It's where you feel like you're Neo in the matrix. Like you're unstoppable, right? You just, creativity is just being channeled through you and it's just coming out. It feels amazing. Time flies, speeds up. Every action, every movement, every thought, like it just seems just automatic and and just smooth. Like you're so absorbed, like nothing else matters around you. You're not thinking about your bills. You're not thinking about whether you look good or not or about a conversation you had that you wished had gone differently the day before. You just, your attention is just totally absorbed, right? It's the state of optimal experience where our highest levels of performance and creativity come out. And, you know, it just also happens to be that most fulfilling state that we can probably experience in life, right? Like it's, and this probably like why we keep creating and why we're drawn to the creative process, whatever your domain is, is like you've tasted that flow and it's amazing. Like there's, and it keeps, it's energizing, it's fulfilling. You want more of it. Yeah. Um, and flow, like it originated, this has been like, people have been getting into flow forever since the beginning of time, but my former advisor, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, he put a scientific research practice around a framework around it. He, when he was starting his own graduate studies in psychology, he was observing a lot of artists and practice. And like he, he noticed that some just got totally absorbed with what they're doing. They're working feverishly. And when they were finished, they, it was almost like they abandoned artwork and went into something else. And, these people, they weren't thinking about, oh, this is good. This picture is going to make me a million bucks. This is going to get me featured in that art gallery. They were absorbed in the process. And so he thought it was a really fascinating uh, experience to study. And so he has research studied athletes, dancers, performer, top performers in any field, uh, extreme sports, people, uh, leaders in business, just a lot of different domains. And, um, he, he, in a way, he dissected what it mean, what are these elements that make up the flow experience and why is it so important and, and what can we do about it, right? So <clears throat> this book, if you haven't read it, read it. It's amazing. He was a mad genius, mad scientist and like a philosopher king, really genuine down to earth, amazing guy as well. But flow to me is like, you know, like what we shouldn't, be trying to tap into as much as we can. And over the years, I've been working with my own clients to trying to, okay, how do we, how do we bring more of this in our lives intentionally? Because like you said, it's a lot of people think this is out of our control. This is when we get into flow, 
it's like a blessing from the creativity gods Mm -hmm. And we just right like the muse you know? is visiting yeah, us, just, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and it feels like that. It does feel like that, and it's amazing. But there are there are different things like we can get deliberate about and purposeful about in designing flow experiences or taking the work we're going to do and tweaking it in small ways to design it to increase the probability of getting into flow. So. Um, <clears throat> a few elements and uh, well, I'll pause here. Any, any questions you have for me before I, I go on? Into no, I, I, I'm curious <laughs> as to what you're going to say next, as far as a process here, um, you know, because a lot of times, you know, it's first identifying and defining what things are and then going, okay, now practically speaking, what do I do about yeah. this? Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. And so you're about to move into that. I feel it. And, and I'm yeah. uh, thankful <laughs> for that. So go ahead. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And some of these things in made they may be more of a reminder than, oh, well, that's weird. I never thought of it that way. But this is the framework I've kind of put together and I teach people and, and try to apply as much as I can to myself. So there are basically six different levers that we can look at that can help us design more flow experiences. So the first element that we have control over in designing is complete focus, right? So you can ask yourself before you're getting into your work or a task or project or like a deep work session, like, will I be able to fully concentrate without interruptions for a sustained period of time? So flow, like when it comes down to it, it's all about the quality of attention. So like flow captivates the attention. It, it uh, focuses it. It prevents it from being distracted and bouncing all around. So like if you're, you need an environment that as good, as good as possible, like can give you that complete focus, right? Like you don't want to be interrupted a lot with your cell phones ringing or people popping in right. saying, Hey, can I talk to you for a second or whatever? This distraction can be anything. So one is like, do you have an environment of complete focus? and this could be your office, this could be the coffee shop, this could be a co-working studio, wherever. Like each person's gonna have a different place where they feel like they're they're in that sweet spot of focus, attention. And um I will say it too, I'll just pause here. Like I I created this find your flow checklist. I'll give you guys a link. It's a mm -hmm. free little download. You can ask yourself a series of questions based on each one of these elements. And when you answer them they'll give you clues on what you need to do to design for flow. So the first element is complete focus, right? You got to concentrate. If your attention is fragmented and, and bouncing all over the place, it's just, you're not going to get in the flow. Like the flow is about focused attention. So what can you do there? What's the best environment? When is the best time for complete focus for you? How much time is best, right? Trying to do, get into flow in like a 25 minute Pomodoro session. If you're into that stuff is probably not going to work. You need more time, but what is that right amount of time? What distractions can you eliminate? Can you tweak your environment through music or sound or scent that helps you drop into this complete focus? These are all things to think about um, from this pillar, complete focus. Mm -hmm. And so from there, like still kind of on this thread of focusing attention you need clear and specific goals 
or clear and specific rules. And so you can ask yourself, hey, when I'm sitting down to work on my creative work here, do I have a clear and specific goal of what I what I want to achieve next, right? Like what's my priority? What am I not doing, right? What, what am I not going to focus on today? How can I make what I'm doing more specific? One important tip that works really well is, you know, a lot of times maybe our goals are fuzzy or unclear, they're evolving, right? That's normal. But yeah. if you can define that clear, small, tiny, specific starting point for your creative work session, that can often be enough to get started and overcome that initial resistance to getting started and create that momentum to help you get into the flow. So getting really clear and specific is going to help you get into flow. If you're working on a huge project, like a book, you might say, hey, I'm working my first step. Like today I'm working on the introduction, introductory paragraph of chapter two on designing flow experiences. That's my focus. That's my starting point. I'm not thinking about I need to write this whole book. Oh my God. Right. Yep. There's 20 chapters. There's all these topics, like your tensions all over the place. So again, this is about focusing your attention. And then for, if you're like maybe an artist or musician, sometimes you don't have that. So you can create rules or constraints. So Mm -hmm. if you don't have a clear goal of what you're trying to do, like, Hey, I'm going to write a song. I have no idea what it's going to be about or what it's going to end up like, but I know I want to write a song or I know I want to paint something. I can come up with some rules around that for my session that can focus my attention. Maybe it's this song's only going to have four chords or I'm only going to use three colors for this painting, or I'm going to paint in this style, or I'm going to include this sound effect in the song. I don't know what else is going to happen, but I know that this sound effect or the sample I'm going to use, and I'm going to start with that and build around it. So that's another thing, the clear and specific goal or rule. Um, Next is clear and immediate feedback. So this is similar when you have a clear goal or clear rules. It makes it easier to know if you're getting closer to those or following those or not. Mm -hmm. But the, the feedback is really like you want to ask yourself, do I know what progress looks like? Do I know what success looks like? Like, how do I know Hmm. if the actions I'm taking are getting me closer to my goal or if they're feeling right or like it's the right vibe? How do I track or measure progress? Right. If you're writing a book, like maybe it's, you know, you're making progress by your word count or the number of paragraphs or whatever. Right. But if, if, if you don't know if what you're doing is working or achieving a goal, like it's going to be disoriented and you're not, your, your attention's likely to slip out and get distracted. So like in a basketball game, like clear and immediate feedback, right? My, you're scoring points, you're making successful passes, you're not turning things over. Like, you know, what's good and what's bad in whatever domain you're in. So that's another element is like, what does progress look like? How do I know? I'm creating momentum and moving things forward and not just going backwards or spinning my wheels. Um, I'll pause right there. There's a few more, but uh, any, any questions around what I'm saying? No, no. And I can see how (laughs) it's very, um, 
it, it gives a great framework for people to reference so that it's not simply just this, well, I'm going to plunk myself down and there's really no rhyme or reason to what I'm doing and just kind of hoping that something happens. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. and you know, I, and I see echoed in, in you talk about some of the things I talk about too, just in, in different terms. Um, but it's, it's important. I think even the piece of giving yourself rules, right? Yeah. Like, many times as creative people we think well we want freedom right we want like yeah. no rules we want just yeah <laughs> you know sky's the limit but the problem with that often is that it's so wide open that we don't yeah. even we get paralyzed we don't know exactly. what to do next exactly and so i love your advice on giving yourself some rules that you've made up so they don't feel like they're imposed by somebody else and you're simply like jumping through hoops that somebody is making you do just because right right it's designed by you to help you go where you want to go. Um, but it still at least gives you guardrails so that it's keeping you on course. So I love that. That's great. Yeah, no, thanks for adding that. And that's exactly spot on, right? Like a lot of times there's, you know, we, we do want freedom. We like that. We don't like being constrained, but at the same time, too much freedom is, can be paralyzing and overwhelming. And then that keeps us from starting or, yeah. you know, it brings in all these, other thoughts and, and it's counterproductive. Right. So, yeah. and another thing just to know too, like these things I'm mentioning, like it's not about becoming super rigid. It's just about finding that right balance, that right dial for you and your personality, that right level of structure that balances out, you know, chaos and, and spontaneity and mm -hmm. intention and purpose whatever it looks like for you is going to be different for you and me and whoever else. And then the last thing too, like these things, like really they're, like, they're almost like uh, training wheels or just like, uh, just like a starting point, like to get mm -hmm. you going. Like, but, but once you get going, you can discard them. And like, it's about creating the momentum and getting into it. Once you're in flow, you don't have to think about any of this stuff. Like you're just in flow. You're, you're doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. like, it's a, just like, it's just starting point. It's not something to constrain you. It's, it's actually just dialing in these elements to get you there faster yeah. and uh, make your, well, it, it's a well, system, right? I mean, it's a yeah. system that you're leveraging to help you get to where you want to go. And you never want to be in a situation where you feel like you're serving the system um instead of the other way around because the whole point of that system is to to help you not to hinder you and yeah. so like you said when you get into that place where in the beginning anything that's new we need that help we need those that repetition and that sense of um some kind of form and guidance yep. but then once we're in that and habit takes over then we have things that we don't even think about anymore um exactly. and i think that happens with all things you know and and you know, in, I think about like, even, you know, you were talking about guitar before, like I, I learned to play guitar when I was younger too. And I remember the point at which I go, okay, I want to play guitar, but I also want to sing. How do yeah. I do that? Like, how do you make your brain do those two <laughs> things at once? Right. And I needed yeah. to figure out a way to, to put a system around it so that I could basically forget about doing one thing autopilot on what I'm playing. Right. And then I can think about, okay, here are the words and here's singing. 
And so marrying those things together really helped me be able to understand that concept of going, yes, there is a point at which something becomes automatic. And that's the point of this um, is to to help you get to that point so that you can free yourself up to engage with other things. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not simply to become like a robot, but it's it's to um, really empower you in this process. So I love it. Exactly. Yeah, and I love your example. It segues nicely into the next element here. So you're talking about playing guitar and then now how do I sing and do this at the same time? You're adding a new challenge to doing what you're doing. And so, yeah, this other element of flow that we have power to influence um, our situation over is this challenge and skill balance, right? So if if you're finding yourself feeling relaxed or totally in control or totally confident or even bored with what you're doing, you're not going to get into flow, right? And your your attention wants something more exciting, more engaging. So one of the best things you can do is find a way to dial up that challenge level of what you're doing, make it a little bit more complex, like adding singing to guitar playing or trying something new that you haven't done before or trying to do something faster than you've done before something with more intensity or quantity something related to the challenge level right so if you're if you find yourself you're not getting into flow and you're feeling bored or uninspired like this is a key indicator like okay what can i do to increase the challenge like and when you do so it forces your attention to focus on what you're doing more and, and prevents it from getting distracted or letting all these other thoughts come in that will paralyze you like, oh, I'm not good enough or no one's going to like this. Like your challenge is high enough where you have to focus on it, right? And mm-hmm. this, he really, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, like this is really uh, exemplified from like extreme sports people, like rock climbers where high flow, you know, high probability of getting flow when you're scaling the side of a mountain. And if you fall, like you're, you're, (laughs) you're dead, right? Like the challenge is so high. Like these people, the challenge is so high. Like there's no way their attention is not locked on to what they're doing. Otherwise there's real consequences. And so, you you know, like we doing creative stuff, like we're not, going to have those same consequences if we don't do something, but it's that same principle. Like, is the challenge level appropriate to fully engage your attention? A lot of times tweaking the challenge, amplifying it a little bit. So you're on the edge of your comfort zone where you're, you want to be a little bit almost out of control Mm -hmm. to get into the flow, right? Where there's some risk involved, like, Hey, I don't know if I can actually pull this off or not. Like, I'm pretty sure I can, but there's that possibility, maybe not, right? Because control is one thing, like total confidence is one thing, but we get into flow when we get into that, there's a little bit of risk involved uh-huh. there. <laughs> yeah. So that's the challenge level to dial into. And then in conjunction with that is this skills, like the flow channel, if you look up Google flow channel, there's this two by two, there's this uh, graph challenge by skills and we do need skills we need the right amount of skills appropriate for the level of challenge if you're under skilled and the challenge is high you feel anxious right and and that's a bad place to be in 
if you're overskilled and under challenged, you're you're bored or you're just yeah. relaxed and you're like, whatever, I can do this in my sleep. So you a lot of times, you know, there could be opportunities to boost your skills or use your skills in new ways and activate them, really stretch them so that your skills and challenge level are matched there. That's where your peak creative performance and flow is going to get activated. Uh, the next uh, similar or uh, related to this challenge level and, and the tension is like this notion of losing self-consciousness. So a lot of things that keep us from creating our Hey, no one's gonna like this anyways. What's the point? Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not good yeah. enough. The inner critic. Uh, yeah, the inner yeah. critic pops yeah. out and that slows us down. Usually, if you've dialed in all these elements so far, that inner critic is is muted. But mm -hmm. you know, if you're not, if it's still there a little bit, like you ask yourself, you know, am I feeling self-conscious about this or worried about being judged in any way? If you are, you know, you could just Kind of just acknowledge those feelings, you know, what's making you feel self-conscious about this? How can you reframe those limiting beliefs or self-talk? How can you get in, drop out of that perfectionist mindset and focus on like a growth mindset or progress orientation and focus more on the process? But finding ways to lower your self-consciousness will help you get into flow. And, and this is also something you can do in between work sessions, work on your mindset and get really aware of the negative self-talk or limiting beliefs or blocks that you have. And then lastly, and this I think is, is key and this is the most fun. This is all about like enhancing your enjoyment and your autotelic experience with what you're doing, which is essentially I'm finding a way to make whatever you're doing like that doing it is the is all you need for that like it's something you want to do something you're doing for the sake of doing by itself without any like oh i'm just doing this to get recognized or to get mm -hmm. money or to get rewarded like you're that pure intrinsic motivation is how can i tweak this task and you know like a lot of things we do as creators like there's parts of even the stuff even our most inspiring projects that feel like a grind or draining or not as fun. And there are certainly activities around marketing our work or just other things, mm -hmm. administrative stuff that doesn't feel as fun as the pure creative stuff. But we can put this lens on anything we do, like get creative ourselves with how we approach our tasks. Like, how can I make this more fun? Like, how can I change this to make it less something I feel like I should be doing into something I want to do more how can I make this more like a game? How can I, you know, what would it take for me to look forward to doing this? Or how do I go deeper, connect this with my values or vision or purpose? Like, it's all about adding more enjoyment to what you're doing. And I think this is really key. It's something I'm focusing on myself. Um, it used to be, you know, like I, I talk a lot about productivity and efficiency and systems and stuff with my clients as well. But I always say like, Hey, you know, if you, it's worth it to sacrifice some efficiency, if you can bring more fun and enjoyment to what you're doing, right. Mm -hmm. That's going to help you get started. It's help you going to stick with it. It's help you. It's going to help you enjoy your creative process again and not yeah. feel like a grind. So we're creative people. We can figure out how to make a task more fun for me. It may be like if I'm sending emails 
right? And maybe I'm listening to my favorite song or maybe I'm watching Breaking Bad and it's something I've seen before in love and it's adding just something fun, something for me to look forward to instead of, oh, I got to do this task. I don't really like it. It's like, oh, I get to watch Breaking Bad and, you know, I can have a, a glass of my favorite whiskey and I'm, you know, <laughs> just, I mean, that's fun. It's like, now it's a fun thing. <laughs> Those are so, going like, mean, to be fun emails. Yeah. And they email, the people are going to love it. They're more fun. No, but, but there's, but there's things like that. Like we can do with anything um, for music, for me too. Like it's when I'm writing a new song, if like, I really love learning and exploring new sounds and things. So adding fun to that element is using a new instrument or new sound effect, new technique, and I'm learning it as I'm creating. So that's one way I dial in fun for my own stuff. If you're an artist, maybe you're trying out a new technique or a wild color or, you know, whatever it is for you, like it's worth it. Like think less about, you know, grinding out and being disciplined and Mm -hmm. willpower and more about, how could I make this more fun and enjoyable? Like, yeah. When, and cause that's what our creative brains want. We want that. That's what captures our attention, right? Like if something's fun, it's enjoyable, engaging, stimulating, interesting, we're naturally drawn to that. We don't need to force ourselves into doing something like let's try to design what we're doing to mm-hmm. capture our attention more effectively than, you know, thinking it's like a personal thing. Like, then we need to just buckle down on and force. So yeah. those are those are some of those elements of flow. And so just like a recap, complete focus, uh, clear goals or rules, clear immediate feedback, uh, challenge skill balance, dialing in that right level, um, enjoyment, finding that autotelic experience, which I just talked about. An autotelic, by the way, is just... is. It's Greek, I believe, for like auto telos, which is like a self-contained goal. Like you're just doing something because you love doing it and you enjoy the process and experience of it. And then, yeah, that loss of self-consciousness, number six, like how can you lessen those self-conscious thoughts? If you're dialing in all these elements, they're naturally going to be lessened themselves because your attention is just going to be too focused and captivated. But in between sessions, like how can you let these things go and, and decrease their power over you? That's going to help you get into flow as well. But uh, yeah, that's, that's my framework for dialing in and designing more flow into your life. You can apply this to anything, your creative work, your mundane work, your chores, you know, your other responsibilities really like, you know, flow, it, it does unlock your highest levels of performance and creativity, but the more time you're in flow than anything you're doing, like the, the happier, the more fulfilled you're going to feel. And I think that definitely carries over into your creative work and in your yeah. relationships as well. So highly recommend trying to bring more flow into what you do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for walking us through that. I think that's extremely helpful and insightful. And it's funny, you know, as, as you're kind of going through these things, I'm thinking to myself, you know, even earlier, we mentioned about, you know, when you're a kid and you're doing things and it's just because it, you're having fun. You're not like yeah. being serious about something and trying to like, you know, just will yourself and get all like, you know, tense. Um, you just want to do more of the things that make you happy and more of the things that are fun. And it, and so much of what you just talked about is almost like a returning to that. And I think this yeah. so so much of our lives, we're trying to recapture 
that place mm. of joy and happiness of kids of, of when we were kids and uh, how we just showed up. There was no inner critic when we were a kid. There was no self-consciousness when we were a kid. We're just yeah. like, having fun. Yeah. You don't know what that is. That's, that's, you know, like that's a dog. It's not a horse. What's wrong with you? you yeah. Know, something wrong with you. You didn't know that that was, you know, and, and yeah. you, you know, as a kid, you're just, you're a lot freer in those things. Yeah. And, um, and then as we grow up, we take on all these other things that I think that latch on to us that were never meant to be in there. And now it's working through getting rid of some of that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like creative therapy, really. You know, I mean, it's, mm. uh, it's, it's, it's awesome to be able to identify these things so that we can be intentional about our process and about how we're showing up uh, for ourselves and others in our creativity. So thank you so much yeah. for, for walking us through that. It's extremely of course. important. Yeah. 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 I love how you synthesized that and brought it back to childhood. Like, yeah, very, very lovely put. Thank you for, yeah, yeah. for doing that. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Well, believe it or not, we're at the top of our time. Um, I feel like we could talk about this stuff for days, uh, yeah. especially <laughs> all the overlap that we have in in our uh, creative pursuits and efforts and talking about this stuff. Um, you know, hopefully this is just the beginning of some of our, of our conversations. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I just want to be sure that people know where to find you and, and follow you. And um, so lay some links on us uh, yeah. so people can know. Yeah, so you can connect with me at jeffyans.com. I um, created this flow, find your flow checklist that you can download for free. I'll give you a link to that, It'll walk you through some of the things we talked about, something you can use to reflect on designing your own flow experiences. Um, and then, yeah, some other things. I'll share my Crazy Kids music links for the creative parents out yeah. there with creative kids. And one last thing too, like, I do, I host um, a 30 day creative momentum challenge that I'll be doing throughout the year into 2023. I do a lot of virtual co-working sessions. So if you're a member of it, of this 30 day creative momentum challenge, you will have baked in opportunities multiple times each week to put these things into practice in our co-working sessions. Come join us, come get into flow, get, make progress on the work that matters most to you. and. Uh, would love to connect with you and learn more about what you're up to face to face. So I'll share a link to, to that as well. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put that in the show notes so people can just click and they'll be there right away. Awesome. awesome. Cool. Great. Well, thank you so much again, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Mike, it was awesome talking to you about this stuff and uh, yeah, definitely got into flow myself was having a good time. Time. It went by fast. And like you said, I'm looking forward to saying connected with you and, and, uh, connecting in the future. Thanks. Right. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Until next time. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.